0: This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Leakton. All
1: right, I'm here with Alexander Van Sickle. Uh, We've known each other since, I think it was 2008, when uh, you moved to Detroit, and we met through mutual friends, uh, met your brother, Their family, all that good stuff. So, uh, you didn't always live in Detroit. You were, uh, well, at first you were in Wyandotte, which is a suburb of Detroit, and then you moved to Toledo. Um, Talk about uh, Wyandotte and what that was like.
0: Um, Well, actually, I was born at the Wyandotte Hospital, but I did grow up in the southwest Detroit area. Okay. Um, I went back and forth between staying at my grandmother's house on Green in southwest Detroit, so really surrounded by a lot of those Hispanic families, um, and then also living sort of on the outskirts right off of the highway at West Etzel Ford. Um, and living there at such a young age was really fun. I mean, I was really exposed to a lot of different culture at that time. It was nice, um, kind of having a way of Familiarizing with the people around me in a way that I didn't quite know how to explain at a young age. But I think it was really nice to be surrounded by people of color there in that community and that meant a lot to me even at a young age.
1: And so you had kind of uh, growing up as a, as a kid, your mom was very influential for you with music in terms of what you listened to because she would listen to a lot of 70s music. Uh, explain what that was about. What why, what why What were those artists? What were the the kind of things that you were listening to?
0: Um, Well, yeah, I mean, growing up, um, again, when I was young, there wasn't really a lot of music that we played throughout the house. We didn't really have, like, a big boombox that would be playing, like, favorite CDs of ours or my brother's or even my parents, but, like, we would hear my mom singing intermittently throughout the day. Um, And so she'd be singing, like, Carole King or ABBA or Barbara Streisand or... Um, all of the old-timey people that now, at this age, I've like, come to appreciate and realize all the sort of big marks that they made for so many other musical artists. Um, but at the time, I just you know, didn't really know what that music was about. I didn't think it was nerdy. You know, I'm sure people or kids my age probably thought those songs were like old and yeah. annoying to listen to. Um, but I kind of enjoyed listening to the Mamas and the Papas and the Carpenters uh, when I was little because it was a way for me to relate to my mom in a way that we couldn't really relate in every other area of our life.
1: Do you know what, I mean, I'm sure she grew up during that time, mm-hmm. so what was it about that music that she connected with that rather than the rock music or uh, maybe even disco
0: Oh my gosh, I wish that my mom was into disco. That would have been so much fun growing up. Um I can I can almost like picture disco dancing right there. That would be cool. Um, I think that she probably related to that music more than other things because she always considered herself kind of a square, you know, or maybe like a straight edge in today's world where she just kind of like kept to herself and was a little bit more reserved when it came to social gatherings. So I think she probably liked how like smooth those songs were and how they could kind of Um, relate to, like, maybe the way that she felt about love or the way that she felt about relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, like, a way that she knew how to express herself because she couldn't necessarily connect to disco music because she didn't like going out or having drinks or, you know, going out on a Saturday night.
1: Right. So it's just more of, like, the chill element of those kind of songs as well as the, uh, maybe, the singer-songwriter element to...
0: Yeah, I think them being a little bit more laid back, yeah. Yeah. Although it's funny because I've come to, like, know my mom to be someone that's also, like, very diverse in what she likes uh, when it comes to, like, her actual interests. But then when it comes to her music, I realize that she likes a whole mix of things. You know, she's the same way that I am where she loves opera. She loves, um, like, smooth r and B. I don't know. She likes, she likes a whole mix of things. And lately she's been kind of on, like, a Stevie Wonder kick, which I never would have oh. taken her for. But she keeps, like, recommending songs of his for me to listen to. And then I realized that I have heard them before. I just didn't know them by their title. Mm. Or maybe that it was Stevie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's cool. Uh,
1: so that's your first influence. And then come as you're getting into middle school and in middle school, alternative rock really starts to drive home for you. What, what was the, the connection to that? What was that about?
0: Ooh, I think a lot of alternative rock at that time was just like so emotive, you know, like it had a way of really expressing pain and angst as a teenager. And so even though I didn't necessarily know how to form the right words or sentences to talk about that with my family, to have real conversations with my friends about what I was going through, um, listening to that music was a way for me to kind of just like almost have a friend that like I got along with or like we understood each other on the same terms without having to exchange those words with each other.
1: And that's like, so Muse is one of those, which is very operatic, like you uh, were kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is that fair to say, kind of where you're, you connected with that just because of the, the not only the sound of the opera, but then the, the kind of the distress of what's going on in life, maybe?
0: Um, maybe, maybe that's kind of how I related to it. I mean, I just remember like not even noticing or taking, taking notice of like the specific lyrics in a Muse song. I just remember being really like motivated by what it sounded like and just again, connecting on that level. And I remember the first time that I ever heard Muse was like, I was looking up videos, music videos online through like Yahoo videos or something stupid like that. And so I was listening to you know, like I would go from channel to channel and the first time was when I heard Muse and that was the first time that I heard them. And um, I just remembered kind of just like enjoying something that was set apart too from like the other people that were at my school or kind of um, like in my community because it wasn't necessarily what they were talking about or singing on the bus. Um, and so I kind of liked having that separation.
1: You, you've mentioned to me before too that there was like a, you would dress up a certain way, what, what, uh, explained what you mean, what were you doing?
0: Oh yeah. Because I was into the alternative music. Yes. Yes. I would wear like black fishnet, weird clothing trip pants with like really huge safety pins on them. I remember when my dad would like come and I'd be like, I really want this. And I'd be pointing at it on the computer, you know, hot topics website. My dad would be like, I hate everything you have in the cart, but I will let you express yourself. And I was like, this is cool, Dad. And, yeah, so I would just wear that all the time to school. I remember, like, you know, taking um, black eyeliner, which since this is, you know, jumping ahead a few years, when I turned 16, I started putting on wingtip eyeliner in my eyes, and I wear it up to this day. It is my signature eye makeup. But back in the day in junior high, I wanted to make my signature eye makeup this look of taking that same black eyeliner and taking it from my bottom eyelid and down onto my cheeks, you know, looking very... I don't know, aggressive and alternative, and I remember being called into the principal's office at school and was told that I had to, like, wash it off, and I was a distraction to everyone at school, so that was kind of stupid, but I also understood it. <laughs> what what
1: what was it about that that was so appealing to, to be like that?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess looking back, it was still, like, me kind of wanting to create a separation probably from the other people that I saw around me. And still there were people at school that were dressing in that same sort of style, but not too many of them. And I think I didn't have a way of relating to like the same kids on my street that were maybe part of the more preppy or popular crowd. And maybe it was my way of somewhat subconsciously creating a line there where it was, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be a part of the world, not just because I maybe felt left out of it, but because I could make an identity for myself doing something apart from them. Yeah.
1: Do you feel like, um, that's where maybe like, uh, well, cause, so you were, you were living in the Toledo area by this point. So it was a completely different culture and background, maybe what you were used to in the Southwest Detroit area.
0: Yeah, it was totally different, totally different.
1: So was it just, uh, Kind of your way of still expressing yourself in the midst of feeling maybe left out
0: it probably was i mean i mean it probably was i think that you know from an early time of moving there i mean i was again five or six when i moved there to the sylvania toledo area and so i probably didn't know much about my neighbors other than like one girl that i went on a bike ride with and that's how you become friends when you're a kid. Yeah. But everyone else, you know, as we became older and when I was in junior high, we were kind of clashing, you know. I was not getting along with the people that were on my street because we looked very different from one another, and I didn't realize that until I became older that that was a a big reason of why we didn't get along because I was seen differently just because of what I what I looked like. And so maybe in a way that was again like me just like saying that I didn't really want to face, you know, the hurt of being rejected or not fitting in. And maybe that's why I was dressing that way. But I also know that, of course, it was influenced by what I was listening to True. as well.
1: What do you, th- I mean, do you feel like that um, is what made you connect to that music too? Just again, the be- being kind of uh, being treated poorly or having the issues with those that were like on your your block that made you connect with that? that music that where you're dealing with difficulties and, and distress, or do you, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I can, I can see like why I would have gravitated toward that type of music. That was a little bit more solemn, um, almost in a way, not necessarily negative, but dwelling on the parts of you that are hurting and kind of wanting to sit in that space. Um, but definitely at that time, you know, when I was writing poetry too, my words were emulating a lot of what those lyrics were too.
1: Would you want to share what, like, some of the, I mean, if you don't remember, that's fine, but, like, some of the themes and the ideas that you were writing about?
0: Um. I mean, I can't remember specifically. I, I think, like, a lot of what I talked about was just feeling um, abandoned in a lot of ways. Yeah. So that was hard.
1: Yeah, I bet. So, is this uh also kind of like where, because punk music, or more pop punk, I guess <laughs> yeah. you could say, like from Good Charlotte, th- that kind of plays into it as well?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good Charlotte was like, you know, I think that, can't remember their names, I remember one of them's like Benji or something, but the brothers that were in that band. I remember they had like written songs to like their father, who they never really knew because he was in and out of their lives, and it was nice because even though they were songs and musicians that had become, you know, like really well known, really popular, they had had like really big t- like hit songs, and they were a band that, apart from every other sort of uh, artist I was listening to at the time, that kind of didn't relate to everyone around me. They were a band that did relate to everyone around me too. Um, so you still had those preppy, popular kids that really liked Good Charlotte. And, you know, I don't know if they related to the music in the same way that I did, but it was nice having that common ground on the school bus, and, you know, and kind of being able to talk about the same song or really enjoy it or listen to it and play it out loud and, like, both enjoy it.
1: Yeah, like the, the anthem, uh, that song is, it's, all, it like, I think you kind of alluded, that it just, uh, it's boggled me that so many people like that song, but lyrically, it's really speaking to a specific crowd. And so it just, it's like always, I don't know, confuse me that everybody loves it when there's a, I feel like, a pretty clear message of who it's kind of calling out in its lyrics.
0: Yeah. And I
1: resonated with it because of that, just because I felt like I was the very type of person that it was singing to just oh, like okay. you were probably even
0: yeah so yeah yeah
1: what a um another uh alternative rock band that you connect with is the killers mm-hmm. uh, what uh, what's up with brandon flowers and and those guys for you
0: what's up with them yeah um well i think they were just kind of like a fun part of connecting with you know again maybe a more sullen or darker side of me and because they they made even like seeing them live like their performances were always so like fun going and you could all sort of be a part of like the same family for the night partaking in like what they were yeah performing but kind of bringing you into Mm -hmm. and so I think that their music has just been meaningful in a way that like you know I can tap into maybe this part of me that Um, Wants to feel something Doesn't want to just ignore it Doesn't want to ignore that I'm in pain So that I can actually walk through it In a healthy, adult-like way But also, like, realize that um, That makes me normal That makes me relatable to other people That people want to hear others' actual stories Not the ones that are kind of flowery No pun intended But, you know, ones that are going to make an impact In another person's life
1: Yeah, Yeah, they're just... They're incredibly uh, passionate about what they're singing about. And I feel like it's a host of different ideas that they're talking about, but it, um, it's it can, something that anybody can connect with. Yeah. Whether it's uh, you know, something of dealing with the loss of your mom to a breakup to uh, going on a joyride, you know, like whatever that could be.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's not generalized, but it's also not like reaching into just like this really like niche group of people either. Yeah. Oh, totally.
1: They, they, they expand over all sorts of different types of people and uh, different type of uh, labels that we put on people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, that makes me think of even going into high school years because that's kind of what you see. You see a lot more people kind of butting out of, like, maybe how they grew up, what they actually are interested in, what they want to actually express themselves as. And so that's why you kind of did see in high school that breaking up of, like, these different cliques. But that's why I think, like, also, too, like, so many people could relate to their music because it didn't really, yeah, matter where you were really coming from or what you were kind of walking through. Mm-hmm. There was a way for you to connect to the song, to enjoy it and to like, want to share it with your friends. Yeah.
1: So uh, when you were middle school, your dad passed away, Um, obviously huge loss. Um, What was there music that you really connected to during that time of the loss? And what, what was that like? Why, what were you going through? What was it? What was it like to to be without your dad at that time?
0: Well, I think thinking back to that time, um, I can't even remember specific music that I would have been listening to. Um, it's almost like the absence of my dad also meant the absence of music. So I guess I can't specifically mention an artist or a song that I can remember holding tightly to, um, to walk through that pain. I think I just remember feeling not a lot, you know, feeling a lot of numbness, and it was hard probably to connect to the people around me, and probably really hard to listen to a song, because that meant I had to connect with myself.
1: Mm. So now we, we come into more high school, but also post high school, and uh, Sufjan Stevens really starts to to connect with you and resonate with you what how did you hear about him and why did you why was he so appealing as an artist
0: oh uh, yeah so like supion's like i don't even know how to describe it i know that so many people like him now and i'm totally okay with everyone liking him now and still saying that he kind of has so much of my heart like i don't feel bad about that i'm not <laughs> mad that he made it big and that people you know, all over the place, know his name now or know how to pronounce it correctly. Right. I, I, I was really, like, taken away by Sufjan's music um, the first time was watching uh, an episode of Austin City Limits, um, just sitting, I think, like, probably in my mom's living room. And uh, it, it was, like, partway into the performance, but I turned it on and he was wearing, you know, his butterfly rainbow wings. Yeah. It was during that time of his, like, tour and performances. And um, that was the first time that I saw him play one of his songs and again this is on the tv not live um but i just thought it was so i don't know embracing and amazing seeing an entire ensemble of people on the stage that were all being led by this one guy and um but working like so in unison with one another it was also kind of like you didn't know that he was like the leader it wasn't like he was um making these demands of of the rest of the performers but Um, I just remember being really taken aback by his music and just feeling like the whole thing was beautiful. Not just because it was beautiful visually on the television screen, but also because, like, the songs just seemed to, like, lift you up and fill you at the same time. And that was, you know, not the way that I had felt with music in, like, a long time or ever.
1: So, like, is it the creativity, the artistic expression that also kind of...
0: Well, it wasn't until I continued listening to more of his music. And again, let me go back and say something about that, too. So that was the first time I'd ever heard his music. But I remember being in a car ride with my brother, like, probably a week after I had seen that performance and talking, you know, all about this guy, you know, this guy that was in my life, like, I was newly dating and, like, was really interested and I loved his butterfly wings, but he wouldn't let me wear them. And, like, my brother was like, you know that, like, I told you about... Sufyan, right? And I was like, "No, <laughs> you didn't." And I was like, "Don't try to take credit at this point in my life." You know, like at this point yeah. in in the relationship. And he was like, "No, seriously, I I'm I told you to listen to him." And I was like, "Oh, I like literally just can't even remember." And there have been so many times in my life, and my brother has been the first one to introduce me to a new musical artist. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that my brother and I are somehow on the same wavelength. But he's always there first, <laughs> so it's kind of nice because I have this in in every like area of life. He's always introducing me to, like, the newest, I don't know, tech, the newest music. Yeah. Um, But as I've...
1: Do you uh, still not listen
0: to 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 my brother? No, I I definitely listen to his advice. (laughs) And sometimes I think that, like, you know, I have to be careful to, like, not think that his advice is, like... I don't know, I have to be careful not to think of him, like, too high, you know, like, above me or anything. I, I, I think that what I really value out of my relationship with him now is that he has you know, eight years on me, you know, he's able to teach me a lot out of experience, but then also because of like, we grew up with the same parents, you know, we grew up in the same, uh, in the same skin, essentially, too, you know, there's not a lot, there aren't a lot of people that we can specifically relate to. So it's kind of nice having someone in my corner that I can ask questions of and kind of be annoying with and be a little bit too much with and like, you know, someone's get maybe get a talking to, you know, in my adult life, um, but I'm always eager to hear what he has to say or recommend. Um, but kind of going back to your question about Sufjan's music is, as I've continued listening to, as I continued listening to more of his music, um, I really connected with those lyrics um, again, and just in a way that like wasn't as specific as um, the alternative music that used to listen to, which is very straightforward and talking right. to you specifically about what was going on in a situation and kind of the pain that sat there. Um, but his music was a little bit more ethereal, in a way, yeah. and a little bit more um, more like you just had to figure it out and dig into, like, what he was trying to say. You have to think. Yeah, you have to think. Which is good, I guess, as you're getting older.
1: Yeah. Do you remember, do you recall any uh, lyrics of his that, or songs that really made you have to process?
0: Well... I mean, I guess like one of his most recent albums is one that I think is sticking heavy in my mind, but um, I would say that the entire Illinois uh, sound, um, sorry, not soundtrack, but CD record, um, that one really stuck with me at a time when I was like 17 or 18, just because I was traveling back and forth between Chicago and Detroit uh, to visit friends. Um, but also that was like the first time I was exposed to that record. And so... Um, I just remember kind of, you know, bopping along as I was driving to Chicago and, you know, driving through a thunderstorm and having this entire orchestra kind of backing my drive. Um, You know, so again, it was kind of more experiential in that I connected to um, that record. But it wasn't until probably later on that I really started to realize that a lot of his lyrics kind of spoke from the same heart that I feel like I've carried through a lot of my life.
1: So at the same time that Sufyan's kind of coming around, there's other uh, alternative acts that you're really digging into, like Beirut, uh, Bon Iver, uh, what, what's going on there? Why, why those as well, during Sufjan?
0: Well, so the first time I ever heard Beirut, the voice of Zach Condon, which is very seducing, yeah. um, was actually when I had spent a summer... When I was 17 in Chicago, um, I was taking some courses at the college there downtown in the South Loop, and so I was um, going to be staying in like a dorm room with other people that were participating in the same program because we were all like, you know, uh, high schoolers that were about to go into our senior year and then hopefully going to that college after the fact. Um, and I remember either the second or third morning that I was there, waking up, and my roommate Rachel like had brought in a huge. Um, like bucket of bagels that she got from the Panera that was literally right below us in the building. So super convenient. Um, but I remembered waking up and kind of just feeling the breeze coming in from like our window and also all of the sirens because sirens never stop in downtown Chicago. Um, but I remember just hearing Zach's voice. And it was so like, I don't know, it was almost like it echoed the breeze. It was like It was like it couldn't separate itself from like the natural state of me feeling relaxed and comfortable and kind of at home with someone for the first time, that being Rachel and these other new students that I get to know, um, but also just kind of like being ready to experience um, life in a way that I hadn't in so long because I think I'd just gotten kind of, or felt kind of stagnant back in my own, own hometown.
1: Yeah. So you, you mentioned Rachel. How have uh, friendships, How how have those friendships helped uh, you build actual relationships via music?
0: Well, music is kind of like, it's been like this, it's spoken, but it's almost like an unspoken bond. It's like maybe you don't know all the details of someone's life or really all of the heartbreak that they've gone through or um, the struggle that they've found, but being able to relate On a musical level or kind of share this really meaningful part of your life which is shaped by music um, it's like a way for you to connect on a deeper level instantaneously and so it's like it's like i don't know sitting in a room together it's like the stories that you hear about people that are maybe grieving the death of a family member and then they have these friends that come over and don't necessarily say anything but they just kind of sit there with you in the pain it's kind of like that when you can just sit together with the music and kind of feel what each of you individually is feeling, but also come together with this common ground.
1: And not even have to talk
0: about and it. And not even have to talk about it. Yeah.
1: What uh what are some uh artists that Chris recommended besides uh Sufian?
0: Oh Arcade Fire. Yeah. Yeah. He recommended Arcade Fire. I remember we had like some kind of like little spat. By the way, Chris is my brother. We had some other <laughs> kind of little spat where um You know, he was like telling me, I told you about Arcade Fire, you know, because I must have been, you know, ranting and raving about them and telling him, you know, you got to listen to them. They're so good. Every song is a hit. Everyone will love them. You'll love them. You know, I was probably being like really emphatic. And then he was like, you know, I like told you about them. My brother was never one to be like, you know, give me all the glory. But he was like, you know, I'm just going to be informative here and let you know that I knew first. Mm. So and he's able to do that. He's older than me. So right.
1: as as he should yeah i'm the eldest
0: oh yeah you are the eldest yeah Yeah.
1: it's our job Uh um so even uh now we were still in post high school uh you you're you're no longer just focusing on alternative or indie music but pretty much all genres you're very open to a lot, uh, what, what made that transition? Why were you going from Indian alternative to pretty much whatever you could access?
0: Um, I think I just realized I didn't need to stick to just one thing. Um, like, I think I realized that music kind of comes in and out of every person's life again. It's a way for every person to relate. So I think I was probably just feeling like I was being a little bit too close-minded or closed off from hearing other people's perspectives and in turn, from listening to other kinds of music. Again, new country. I really won't give it any time of day. <laughs> um, but, like, that just isn't, you know, and typically, I don't know, I try to relate to people that like that. That's their favorite kind of music. But I think at that time, I was really just realizing that I didn't need to be one sort of thing, that I could have opinions of my own, ideas of my own, and that I could like many genres of music and maybe not be pigeonholed because of it or judged because of it, but that I could really connect with, again, myself and other people more because I was allowing myself to be more open to it.
1: What were some of the, like, the songs of the artists that you were being open to?
0: Well, I guess um, another memory that I have is when I was in Chicago again for that, um, for the courses I was taking at the college. Um, my roommate, Rachel and a group of friends of ours, we had all gone to a park there in Chicago, um, midday and we all laid in the grass, all with our heads in, you know, facing toward one another with our bellies up to the sky. And we watched the sky really as the day went on, as the sun set. And there were different times when intermittently Rachel would just start singing. It's kind of like, now that I think about it, it's like when my mom would just start singing, you know, kind of randomly growing up or even now. Um, And Rachel, she started singing "Lovey and Rose by Edith Piaf. And she sang um, Is This Love by Bob Marley. And neither of those songs that I ever heard of before. And, you know, up to that point, I probably would have never repeated that to someone because I really wanted to fit in. You know, I wanted to be relatable. I wanted to be someone that heard the songs first. Um, And so, uh, you know, everyone else is like, you know, probably already heard that song a trillion times over. But hearing her sing it, it was like... They were her own songs. You know, she had this very sweet, light, somewhat raspy voice, but she carried the notes so beautifully. And I just remember thinking it just, like, again, matched the environment. It matched the setting of what we were enjoying as a sunset.
1: Do you feel like, for you, music is um, kind of like the backdrop to whatever you're experiencing?
0: Oh Yeah see i said that so quickly but i feel like that has to be true yeah maybe it's because you've interpreted it that way but i feel like it has to be i mean i feel like sometimes music speaks before i do to me and you know it like knows what's going on with me before i even know you know because there's a reason why i'm skipping through songs when i have it on shuffle or there's a reason why i really want to repeat a song yeah Um, and I think it's because, yeah, it does really resonate with, like, how I'm presently feeling and, like, it gives motion to things that just feel really broken or really still in my heart.
1: So, uh, coming to more current, present day, um, artists like St. Vincent, The National, are kind of what you're uh you're listening to what and I think you mentioned that Saint Vincent is like one of your favorites right now uh what is it about her and her music that is you know that's so appealing
0: um well I guess I have to start out by just saying like what I think of her which again I'm only interpreting from her music which is that she's so like out there, like outlandish, but like beautiful and sexy, but in an empowering and very like womanly way. Mm. You know, I think it's like so important right now to have, I don't know, such a high regard for the big steps that women are making in our world, and especially musically too. Um, I just feel like she's been very like bold in the statements that she's made in her personal life and then through her music. And so I think that I just connected with it in a way that has been like an anthem, you know, like her music is so like, I don't know, rock and roll, but also like very, you know, lyrically, I don't know, very lyrically like metaphoric, but like, I don't know, just so cool. Just so cool. She's like fun and exciting, but also like very real in what she's going through. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that again, that way of like facing Um, the hard stuff in your adult life, learning that that is something to embrace and that that's something that makes you, um, better. And so her music has kind of been that for me where like, you know, there's like grittiness and there's ugliness, but there's like definitely so much like growth and coolness that comes out of that. Mm -hmm. What,
1: uh, what about the national?
0: The national? Or is that a... Sore subject? Yeah. Um, well, I really like the Nationals music, but here in Detroit, we have this festival called Mopop, and I think I've only gone like twice, but last year I did go, and the National was a out performance on the final night, and they started out, you know, playing their music, you're hearing someone live for the first time, and, um, you know, they were doing well. You probably We probably caught like wind of maybe them being a little bit too inebri- inebriated in a way, you know, like maybe not singing right on tune or right on time. But it was probably like the second or third song in uh, when the lead singer um, just wasn't able to kind of, I think, keep up with um, the rest of the band. He was singing like the wrong line or he was, you know, coming in at the wrong time. And he kind of got just really flustered and really upset with himself, but definitely with the crowd too, and maybe just embarrassed. And so he stormed off stage. We weren't able to really continue watching him because the show was over at that point. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But I mean, I still listened to the, to the music, but I definitely probably wouldn't pay for a ticket to go see them again because I wouldn't really want to risk it.
1: Wow, the one time I've seen him, it was it was amazing.
0: Ugh. And, see. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine that they would be. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like they had a full on uh uh brass like four piece um you know, trumpet, trombone. Oh. To coincide with a lot of their music. So, it was
0: yeah. That it sounds was, amazing. It awesome. Well, they're going to listen to this and they're going to give you tickets and they're going to ban me from all their future shows. So <laughs> that's, this is good for you. I'm making you look really good now.
1: Have you heard their new album?
0: No, I haven't.
1: I think you would like it. It's. Uh,
0: what, did you, what did you really like about it?
1: Well, so they have a lot of female singers.
0: Oh, enjoy. okay. Okay.
1: Um, And so it's not just the lead singer throughout the whole album. Uh, and more tracks than usual oh interesting so it's like over an hour i I believe
0: that sounds great is it it that immediately kind of makes me think of broken social scene Mm -hmm. kind of having a mix and larger group of people especially chiming in on vocals right um is it kind of that vibe yeah i would say so cool yeah so
1: yeah uh i am easy to find i think is the the name of it
0: okay i thought you were just telling me that you're easy to find yeah i am
1: One thing I've noticed um, that you and your husband, Asher, go to a lot is musicals as well. Yes. Uh, via Instagram. What's up with that? Because um, obviously there's music. It's a musical. But what, what is it about that experience of, of seeing a musical that is something that you and your husband enjoy going to?
0: Um I think just the theater arts are set apart in a way just because you get to be the audience to these gr- this group of people that have dedicated so much time to learning these songs, to knowing this choreography, to knowing the blocking, everything that goes into it. I'm not a stage performer, but I'm sure there's a whole lot. Yeah. Um remembering what stage left and what stage right, don't get it messed up. Um but like seeing those performances, um just kind of bring you into it, I would say. You know, like, it involves the whole audience because even though they may not be performing in a circle around you or you're seat- seated, um, you can probably not sing along. You probably annoy everyone else around you. <laughs> but in a way, like, you're able to take those songs home with you and kind of act them out and perform them out. And um, it's a way that you can't relate to a movie, even if it has a soundtrack. But it's also a way where, like, you're given this visual reference, um, to go a lot, to go inside with a song, um, that, you know, you can't really do when you just heard like a new album come out on Spotify.
1: Yeah. I feel like too, a lot of these musical soundtracks are on Spotify now. Yeah. And so then you can follow up mm-hmm. or even know them beforehand, like kind of what you were talking about and just have a, that continued experience.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. It is really cool. I've learned like a lot of musical songs through Spotify or through a streaming service and before even seeing the stage performance. And so then when I see the stage performance, I'm like, oh, it all makes so much sense now. Because you don't see all the transitions, of course. You don't know what they are when you're just listening to the soundtrack. Um, but it's kind of nice being able to piece it all together when you do see it live.
1: Mm-hmm. Sweet. What a... Uh... What is it about music that, in general, is so exciting? About why? Why do we listen to it? Why do we? Why do we enjoy it?
0: Well, I don't know. I think that. I think that every person's kind of just immediately drawn to music in some way, and I think in a, in a lot of ways, music this is going to sound lame or cliche kind of finds us, you know, it just like how I was saying earlier that sometimes the songs knew what to say before I did, or knew how I was feeling before I did. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, that just happens so much, you know, like sometimes you're really afraid to like face reality or sometimes you're really excited, but you don't really know how to convey that. And um, music just has this way of, again, connecting to us so specifically as individuals but then bringing people together so i think it's just like that constant thread um that kind of binds people and in a way i mean i'm not calling it a god but it kind of can be like that you know it can really protect people it can really draw people in toward one another and it can really just like be the friend that's there when no one else is
1: yeah well alex thank you So much for doing this. This was great. Um, I really enjoyed having this conversation. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Kyle.
0: Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Leakty. If you like the podcast and want to know more, Check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.